Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. So I would like to just start this off with a scripture. We're going to play a game, a quick game of which candy is the prize. And <laughs> um, we'll be excited to play that. But let's start it off with a scripture and some prayer. Um, it's actually on the PowerPoint if you want to bring that up. Yeah. So Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same t- yesterday and today and forever. So he is the same yesterday, today, and continually forever. All right, let's just take a moment to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we get to be in this house tonight. I pray that you would bless this message and bless the hearers for you to give them what we need. Let your word of God supply our needs and just help us to live like you. Help us to live for you. I pray that you would bless this word today or help us to apply it just to live for you, just to worship you, to give you that glory. I pray that you would help me today and help us all just to give you the glory. Pray, Lord Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, I have my volunteer for candy. So you can put the next slide. Uh, We are going to play a game, and it is about fake news. So is it real or is it fake? So the way we're going to play this is there is a winner, which is candy. You can discuss among yourselves, but the first hand that I see raised I'm going to call on that. You're going to help me find the first person, okay, <laughs> in case I miss it. The first person who raises their hand, and if they get it right, so the, the they either say it's real or it's fake. If they get it right, they get a candy. Any questions? Great. <laughs> oh, there's my phone. Okay, so, yes. The news. <laughs> That's a great question. This isn't actually news news. <laughs> but all right, we'll start with the first one. Are you ready? Go. So a man told to turn down his music, chased his neighbor with the sword. Police, I saw your hand, Janelle. You think it's true? Does anyone else think that's true? He chased his neighbor with the sword. The police said this. It was Ryan. All right, what's the answer? Let's see. It was real. She gets a candy. Go, Janelle. Oh, I wanted to ask, are we recording? Awesome. Okay. And now let's go to the next one, if you're ready. If you're ready. And we're ready. So coronavirus fuels toilet paper buying spree. California officials implore people not to flush their T-shirts. What do you think, Cooper? It's fake? You think it's fake? I don't know. Okay. Devin, I think I saw Devin say it's real. So if one of them's going to get a candy. All right, let's see. What is it? It was real. <laughs> I know that was a hard one. It seems an odd thing. It said it came from the Fox News slash Associated Press. All right, let's take another headline. Go. Church chair stacking event added to the 2020 Summer Olympics. <laughs> yes, Colton? I hope it's real. <laughs> yeah, or, or Cooper. It's fake. Okay, let's reveal who gets the candy. It was fake. Yeah, I know. It should be, though, right? (laughs) All right. All right, the next one. 
We have homeschool mom goes on a brisk morning run with 18-seat uh, jogging stroller. You think it's true? Okay. You saw it? I think I saw Brother Brian the second hand. It's false? Okay, we got a true or false here. All right, what's the answer? It was fake. <laughs> you saw it. Which? <laughs> it was on CNN. <laughs> All right. All right, I think we have like two or three more. All right, go ahead. A class ring lost in Maine 47 years ago is found, oh, Kathleen, is buried in a forest. It's true or Brother McCune? Oh, okay. <laughs> we can both, they can both get candy. Anyone want to say it's false? Anyone wants to raise their, you want to say it's false? Okay, go ahead and reveal. They'll both get a candy since they were ready. It was real. <laughs> it got lost from Maine to Finland. I don't know how that, I don't know, I don't know. All right, go ahead, we got the next one. It says, North Carolina man run over by deer in a McDonald's parking lot. That's real, and you think it's fake? Okay. I mean, could that happen? Could it not? Let's see. It was, <laughs> it was real. Did you say it was say real? Yeah, he believed it. I think I have one more. It's Sam is the next winner. <laughs> All right, last, I think it's the last one. Okay, go ahead. California homeowner uses motion-activated sprinkler with impressive amount of pressure to thwart thieves. So maybe someone who hasn't. I saw my mom and then Grace. So my mom, she thinks it's real. You say it's real. Okay, we could both give you, uh, what do you, oh, okay, he says fake. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's a pretty impressive. It was real. That's actually a pretty smart idea, not going to lie. <laughs> impressive. I like the quotations. Impressive amount of pressure. <laughs> Who got that one? Oh, yeah, Grace and my mother. <laughs> All right. So, yes, we, you will just have to see how that applies to the lesson. You're just going to have to wait and simmer and be listening to know how that applies to the lesson. You'll find out later on. But today I want to talk about Elijah. And I want to talk, so Elijah in uh, 1 Kings uh, 18, it talks about how Elijah, he prayed for, uh, it won't be that verse just yet, but you're fine. You can just leave it. Uh, but Elijah prayed for a, a drought because he was a part of God's judgment on the wickedness of the nation. The, the king was a wicked and very much not doing what God commanded. So Elijah prayed for a drought and it lasted for three years. And it, the, the king was Ahab and Jezebel. So it was the third year of the drought. And can, we, I, I, can I ask the audience, what happens when you have a drought? What kind of issues? Thank you, my candy helper. <laughs> um, a forest fire, okay, yeah. What, what, what happens when we don't have water? Yeah. No crops. No green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a problem, right? It doesn't just affect one thing. It affects your food as well. So, in fact, like, there was a famine in that land as well. So they were getting kind of desperate because um, they're like, because Elijah prayed for that drought to happen, and it happened. So 1 Kings 18, 1 through 2 the Lord told Elijah that the rain would come and that he needs to go before this evil king. 
Now, that wasn't just an easy task that God told Elijah to do because Elijah, to, to explain how that wasn't easy, he ran in, uh, Elijah ran into this man named Obadiah who, someone, who was someone who feared the Lord. And he was living for God, but he was a worker of that king. Now, Obadiah, he was hiding a hundred prophets of the Lord against this king because Ahab and Jezebel were killing God's prophets. They were trying to get them out of there because they were idol worshipers. And so Obadiah was hiding God's prophets just so they would stay alive and be away from this king. And Elijah runs into Obadiah and he goes, yeah, the Lord told me I need to go visit this king. And Obadiah's like, I've been trying to hide people from this king so they don't die. You're going to walk willingly to this king? Are you crazy? You, you, like, he's probably thinking you have a death wish, like, because they've been looking all over for Elijah. And because, you know, it says that just like Ahab, that king, first king, 1633, I think that's the second slide. Uh, it says that Ahab did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the kings before him. So he was very wicked. Um, do you mind going back to the other side real quick? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Elijah went to Ahab and he says, that's that's where I'm going to go because the Lord asked me to go. So he ended up going to him. And then 1 Kings 18, 19, 19, Elijah is confronting this king and he goes, I'm going to give you a challenge. He says, now summon the people all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asera who eat at Jezebel's table. So 450 and then 400. How much does that equal? 850, that's a lot. He goes, so get all of those prophets, those idol worship prophets of those, uh, of the, the idol Baal and Asera. And Elijah goes, he goes to, ver in verse 20, it says, so Ahab sent word throughout all Israel. So the king was like, okay, I'm gonna take this challenge. And he says, he asks them, uh, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. So they were in, they didn't know what to believe yet. They're like, we, we've seen, we have so many prophets for this idol that we worship. And, you know, they weren't decided if they're going to follow him or they're going to believe in God. So if they're going to believe if God was real or fake. So today there's a lot of fake news out there, right? Do you ever just read something and you just like, you just don't believe it anymore because you're like, I've read so many things on the internet. It wasn't true. <laughs> you're like, because you've, you've heard that phrase, well, I read it on the internet or maybe like Wikipedia. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's sometimes there's so much news out there that you're not even sure what is real and what is not. Sometimes we put it to the test. And a question can be asked like, should we believe in the Bible? Is that real or fake? Well, 1 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed. So God-breathed, it's not just people. It's God-breathed. It's God-instructed through people to write down the words of 
the Bible. So those are words from us, from God, God inspired. So God breathed, and it's, what is it useful for? It's, oh, it's the next slide. Uh, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's pretty important. The word of God is important. It's God instructed, it's God breathed, and it's important for all of those things and how we can live for God. And the thing is, we don't just read it, you know, and we don't just read it and it's just words. We have been able to put it to the test, right? The word has been proven to be true. We've seen it, the Holy Ghost has happened. We've seen miracles as God is said to do in the word of God, amen? And we we just know that that word of God is true and does not fail. It's powerful. The word of God is not just stories made up, but it's something we have to know it is true. We need to remember it's true. Because sometimes I'd just be reading about like a crazy story, like a donkey talking, like, okay, because I've heard it a few times. But if you think about that and remember that that was true, that's just crazy. You know, you just have to go, wow, my God is powerful. Wow, my God can do anything. So uh, if we go to 1 Kings 18, 22, Elijah said to the people, uh, I am the only one of God's, of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets just on that one. So it's kind of like a, a standoff, a battle between them. You can go to the next slide. <laughs> oh, wait, I think it's the next one then. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know where I put it. <laughs> we can go back. Uh, but it's kind of, it'll show up randomly and you just be like, okay. But uh, it's kind of like a battle, like a Wild West fight. And, uh, but it was not just a one-on-one, -on -one, it was 400 plus four, uh, 450 plus 400, so 850 prophets against one person. And at this point, like, there are prophets hidden, and they're, you know, like, all the, the prophets of the Lord are hidden, and maybe they were killed. So he was probably feeling like the only one ever to be standing up for God in that moment. Compa especially alone compared to 850 people. Doesn't that apply to us sometimes? Where, you know, I know we live in America and we're not being killed on the streets for proclaiming the Lord, but we get that persecution, right? Where we feel we're the only one in the gap. It may be in our neighborhood or our school or our work. We're the only one that is the Lord and uh, with the Lord. And sometimes we can feel outnumbered, right? Like thinking we're the only ones serving God, only one in the battle. Being a Christian and when things, when we try to stand up for the Christian, what the word of God says, and that's trying to be canceled in this world, is trying to be saying that is not true or that's, that's not what we think we should live. But the fact is that we are not outnumbered. We we may feel like it, but we are not the only one fighting the battle. Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God be for us, who can stand against us? We can be confident that God will protect us. God will be with us. God is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere at all times. God is going to be with you in every battle. You don't have to fight those battles when you're standing for God. You may just have to stand in the gap but God is going to fight those battles you can't do. 
Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your, your, rod and your staff, they comfort me. Man, we know that he is with us even in the darkest of places. So continue on with our story. 1 Kings 18, 23. He goes, all right. So we're going to have a, a battle of two sacrifices. You're going to make a sacrifice to your God, and I'm going to make a sacrifice to my God. And you're gonna, you can go ahead and put your wood on it. He's going to, because that's what they would do. They would get the wood, and then they would pull an animal sacrifice. In this case, it was a bull. And he goes, have your wood out set, but don't put it on fire. And he goes, and I'm going to do the same thing. And in verse 24, I'm sorry, I kind of look small for you guys. Hopefully it's not too bad. And then it says, 24 says, then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of my Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. He already knew that he already answered by fire. And it says, then all the people said, what you say is good. That sounds like a great idea. Because they were still on the fence, right? They didn't know who, which God was greater. They're, gonna wait, they're just going to sit back and watch this battle go. So Elijah goes, you guys can go first. And they went to this place. They actually went to Mount Carmel. Uh, maybe I'm saying it wrong. But uh, they went to this mountain in which that place was where they said that Baal had their, their idol had the most power. It was a place they often associated with great power. So, you know, if they couldn't bring fire in that holy place for them, then he couldn't bring fire anywhere. And in uh, verse 25, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, he goes, um, call on the name of the Lord. Um, oh, I already said that. <laughs> but so they started sacrificing. They started, sac they, started um, they had all of their things ready, right? They had their animal, they had the wood, but they had no fire yet. It wasn't a sacrifice yet. And so they were like, okay, we're, they're just calling out to their, their idol. They're just talking. They're doing everything. They, they're trying to get his, their, their God's attention so he would bring fire down. They did everything they could. They did all their chants, all their prayers. They, they started cutting themselves just because they, they thought that would be a way to get their God's attention. And it says that they cried and danced from the morning till noon. So they've been at it for a while. And nothing was happening. No fire came down. And Elijah, uh, verse 27 says, he, he, Elijah mocked them. He was like, well, he, he noticed it wasn't working. He goes, maybe you should shout louder. Maybe your idol isn't hearing you. <laughs> he started making fun. <laughs> he goes, maybe he's like deep in thought, you know, he's busy or traveling. Maybe he's like sleeping, even though it was at noontime, right? <laughs> And so he wasn't sympathetic, really, because <laughs> they were idol worshipers. They were serving something that wasn't real. And uh, but if we go to verse uh, verses 30, I'm not sure if I put it on here. But Elijah's turn came, came to pass. And he took 12 stones and he made a trench and he got the wood and the sacrifice. Can I borrow you, Cooper? All right. So, I don't know if you can see this. Who eats the sacrifice? <laughs> Where's a ram? 
<laughs> so right now we have an empty bucket. This is supposed to be our, he made a trench around the sacrifice. And we have the wood in here. I'm just going to let you know, I'm not going to put anything on fire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know, I know, I should have waited. We'll get, yeah, get Colin. Colin likes to play with fire. <laughs> We've done that in children's church a few times. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, this was the sacrifice. And, you know, the, 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 were, the prophets of Baal, they were just doing everything they could. But Elijah took a different stance. He asked them to go, you know what? I see this sacrifice right here, but let's make it a little bit more difficult, shall we? Why don't you put some water? Just put it like a third up there in there. Or as much as, yeah, you feel. So he goes, why don't you put some water on that wood? He goes, and then he's like, mm, go for it again. Yep, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Here we can pause. And then he's like, you know what? Do it one more time. <laughs> he asked them three times. They filled it up. You know what? Just do it all. Why not? Why not? <laughs> they put a lot of water where that sacrifice was. And so there was like, like, how in the world could that wood get on fire when it's, like, drenched in water? There's no oil. Thank you, Cooper. <laughs> you, can just, you, you can take that as a souvenir if you want. <laughs> they, he drenched that trench <laughs> three times with water. And then when it came time for him to make the sacrifice, let's go to verses 36 through 39. Thank you. It says, uh, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. He just did one prayer. He goes, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts again. So the fire of the Lord fell down and burned up the sacrifice and the wood and all of the water. And it, it said, I like the way it says in this verse, it says they licked up the water from the drench, the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate. They fell on their knees and just, they're probably their faces, the Lord he is the God, the God, the Lord. He is my God, right? So they realized that Baal, who did, like the prophets of Baal, they, they sacrificed all day. They All day they tried everything they could. They probably exhausted themselves. But then when Elijah came up, he did one prayer, and all of it was gone. He's the God that answers by fire. We believe in a God that can do anything, am I right? There is nothing my God cannot do. And it says that, you know, he prayed God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. That is the God we serve, the one that was yesterday in the Bible and today and forever. He is the same. Amen? Amen. Elijah commanded the people and uh, all to take away all the prophets of Baal and, and all those idol worship and to keep God's commandments because that's what they had turned away from. And then the Lord sent the rain. After a three-year doubt, drought, there is no God like our God. He never changes and he never will. He's the only one you need to depend on. We don't need to depend on things, you know, or fake idols in our life. Anything can become an idol. It's something we put above God. And 
you know, we, we just need to know that anything that's above God in our life, we need to not put there because it's not going to help you when you're low. It's not going to, you're not going to be able to depend on it. It's not going to supply your needs. And he's not the one, it's not the one that's going to save you. Our Lord God will. Amen. So at this point, we're going to continue on with the story. There's, be, there's after that. There's that, and I can't undo this water now. <laughs> let these let these pieces of wood dry. <laughs> but um, we're after this part of the story. It says that Jezebel was furious. Right? She was mad that all of these things were taken away from her and her idol, the idol worship, and. She's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, Elijah. You better run. That's basically what she told him. And Elijah was like, okay. And he starts running. He's like, I know a threat when I hear one. And, you know, Elijah had a moment where he was, I, you know, it doesn't say that he was afraid. But it does say that he got to the point that he goes, Lord, will you just let me die? He was so I mean, to me, that sounds like he was afraid that he was alone. I mean, this just happened after the fire came down and all these things, and yet there was this moment right after. And I mean, I mean, I understand. <laughs> they were, she was going to kill him. She was the, the queen. She's gonna, she has power to kill you. But in that moment, after such a grand thing, Elijah was afraid. And, you know, when I read that, I was a little encouraged. You're like, why did I, you're like, why would you be encouraged? Let me tell you why. Because even a great man of God can get afraid. Even a great man of God can struggle in, like, in their faith in moments, right? He was human, just like all of us. And it makes me feel better to know that if I struggle, it's because we're human and we need to keep depending on God. We can't just get God once and we're good. We need to keep going to the source to give us the strength when we struggle. Because, you know, life is full of mountains and valleys, right? It's full of ups and downs. And we need to know that when we go through a tough time, that's not, it's not like it's wrong for a Christian to have bad moments. You're allowed to have a bad day. It's just when we have a bad day, we know who to go to for our strength. But don't don't defeat yourself when you feel like, man, I'm just not doing my best today. Like the Lord must be disappointed. He's not. He understands your struggle. He knows it better than anybody else. And you know, even if you were supposed to always be on a mountaintop, how much air is on a mountain? Like the very like a really top one. It, it starts to get thinner. <laughs> he brother pastor knows he had to use like what oxygen, right? Yeah, so at the very top of a mountain, there's not much air up there. It's not a livable place. We're not always supposed to live on a mountain. We have to go, we, we go up and down. It's not a livable place. And sometimes you may feel like you've been on more valleys than mountains at times. But, you know, we, when we go through a valley, we depend on those mountain experiences. We go, God helped me then. He can help me today. He'll give you things to hold on to and to depend on. First uh, Kings uh, 19, 3 through 8. So 
We talked about Elijah being afraid and running away. And uh, and there was this, it says that, I'm going to start reading from 4. It says, while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness, he was running away. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had it enough, Lord. Have you ever had those moments? That's a relatable. I've, I've, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, I'm tapped out. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Can I tell you that even when a, a situation is too hard for you, that God can give you that comfort. That God will give you the strength to carry on. God will give you the peace when there is no peace. Right? When you said, I have had enough, Lord, I can't do this. That's why we have God as our strength. And it says, so he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the Mount of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So in the midst of a, a tough time and a struggling moment, the Lord gave him food and water. He sustained him. God supplies your needs in those moments. But, you know, he, he, he did say on, and it says in verse 4 when he prayed, he said, I had enough. You know, in that moment, he went to God. It might have been a pitiful prayer, right? He was not asking great things or praising the Lord. But he went to God and go, hey, I'm struggling. That's what we need to do. We need to pray and seek God. Because that is where we're going to get our answer. You know, sometimes I feel like we're just waiting for God to open up the door for fixing all our issues. But we need to come to him and let him fulfill all those things that we need. So God sustained him, but he first prayed. And he talked to God. And that's what we need to do. 1 Peter 5.17 says, cast all your cares onto the Lord, for he cares for you. Amen. So you don't always need to feel confident, and that's why we need to lean on God to refresh ourselves, to get into the Holy Ghost and get that refreshing, that comforter, right? And as we, if you read on in the story, I think it's uh, 19, uh, verse, chapter 19, 11 through 12, yeah, it, it continues. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that fire, in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. So sometimes we have to pray and seek God and spend time with him to be able to hear his still, small voice. And it, it takes silence to hear a still, small voice. I'm actually, I'm not clinically de deaf or anything, but I feel very deaf because I have to ask people, what would you say? All the time. 
<laughs> I need really good silence to hear what people say. And, and that's how we have to do with the Lord. We really have to get a place with God. And that doesn't mean you just go, okay, I have five minutes, Lord, now just speak to me. No, okay. You know, like, you know, just expecting God to move when you want him to. It, it takes just spending time with God because you want to spend with him, basking in his presence and letting him, you know, God can talk to you really quickly. But the question is, are you just demanding it or just going, I want to hear your voice and whenever you talk to me, I will listen. There is a difference. One is, you know, my God's going to just give me all that I want, or it's a relationship with God. We want a relationship with God. Amen. So Elijah was discouraged, but the Lord provided him what he needed. And the Lord will provide us all we need. And, and then after this part, I don't think I have a verse for it, but not long after this verse, he's go to find Elisha. So he was to find the next person under him. So the Lord's going to give you the strength you need so that you can help teach another person. Right? The Lord's going to give you that help that you need. Maybe it's someone that we can disciple. Maybe it's someone who can hear our testimony and be encouraged by like, hey, you know, I went through something like that. God can help you through that. You know, you are learning to help another person. Amen. So we just want to take that time with the Lord, maybe meditate on the word of God for it to really get into our minds, right? Amen. So in summary, you know, when we are faced alone, it feels like in front of all the things of this world, God will win every battle when the odds are against him. When you feel like the odds are against you, God will be with you. You can trust in God, and when we fear or are attacked, we know that God is going to take care of you. And even when you're not on the mountaintop, God will be with you. It may feel like a long time where you don't hear God's voice, but maybe you're having a desert moment or a valley because God is wanting you to do a little bit more. Maybe it's have a fast. Maybe it's just read the scripture a little longer just to be like, I want to spend this time with you. And God wants to see that. So maybe in those moments you can seek God even more. And God will provide that water and food. And that 